WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. We look back at the COVID-19 pandemic up to this point in Indiana. From a stay-at-home order to a mask mandate, relaxed restrictions, and another surge. On this special episode of Indiana Week in Review. Indiana Week in Review is made possible by the supporters of Indiana Public Broadcasting Stations and by Ice Miller. Ice Miller is a full-service law firm committed to helping clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. This week, Governor Eric Holcomb ordered all Hoosiers to stay at home for the next two weeks unless they're conducting, quote, essential business. That order issued Monday came ahead of what Holcomb calls a critical period to help curb the spread of COVID-19. So stay home. Get groceries only when you need them and only buy what you need. Administration guidance says essential businesses and services allowed under the order include, but are not limited to, grocery stores, pharmacies, gas stations, police stations, fire stations, hospitals, doctor's offices, health care facilities, garbage pickup, public transit, and public service hotlines. Restaurant and bars will remain open too, but only to offer carryout and delivery, not in-person dining. The Holcomb administration says state police and local law enforcement are helping enforce the order, but people won't be stopped driving to work or going for a walk. The state has a hotline for businesses to ask questions about the stay-at-home order, but that's not meant for employees, even those, Holcomb says, who think they and their company should temporarily close under the order. Holcomb says employees can file complaints with the Indiana Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Is the stay-at-home order too broad? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel, and we are doing things a little differently this week in order to help abide by those stay-at-home and, and social distancing guidelines. So three of our panelists are Skyping into the studio, but here with me in studio is Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Mike O'Brien, John Schwanis, host of Indiana Lawmakers, and Nikki Kelly, State House reporter for the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette, are joining us via Skype. I'm Indiana Public Broadcasting State House reporter Brandon Smith. And Delaney, are there too many businesses that are considered essential? Essential services obviously has something of a subjective meaning to it, and I think the governor's counting on people having common sense to know when they absolutely have to go in or when they can stay at home. We obviously have to do something to stop the spread of this virus because it's, it's it, 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 you know, those, those uh, kinds of uh, equations you used to do in high school. I mean, this is, this is incredible, the growth that we're having, and we don't have any idea the size of the problem because we're not testing a fraction of the people who need to be tested. So I think he's doing what he can do within the framework of a more subjective idea of what's essential, and you have to balance that. I mean, people need to feed their families, not just to go to the grocery store, but they need to be able to bring in income, and we have too many of these uh, employees or who are not W-2 employees or who are going to be struggling to make ends meet as a result of this virus and not going to work as they would ordinarily. So I think he's I think I think his his answer and his suggestions should be taken to heart and I think it's as good as you can do. 
Michael Brian, uh, Ann just talked about the idea of having to try and balance here a little bit between the obvious health concerns while also not completely uh, crushing the economy so that people can, can make some income. But she, Anne, Anne used the phrase relying on common sense. Is that a dangerous thing to rely on? <laughs> Well, I mean, remember this, um, the order that was put out by the governor um, defines essential on the, as a baseline uh, where the federal government guidance begins. States can then cater that for their local, uh, for their own circumstances. And we've seen counties around the state who are also allowed to go further if they think that their local circumstances warrant it. So I think you're going to continue to see um, at the local level people, the state on a statewide basis, respond to what's really actually happening here and whether people are complying. Um, obviously, with the, the carryout order, there were restaurants and bars that were not complying with that. And the governor said this week that um, the Alcohol and Tobacco Commission is, is uh, fully empowered to go in and, and revoke uh, a restaurant's license altogether if they're not uh, if they're not complying with this order. So I think when when they see um, areas that are not not in compliance or not in the spirit of um, and and the direct orders of what um, is being suggested from the White House to the to the State House and your local courthouse. That you should stay home if you're uh, except for only essential travel, and, and if you need to go to work and you're still able to and maintain those distances, then th then that's great. You should be able to do that. The trick there, and you kind of got to some of this, Mike, and I'll, I'll direct this next one to John uh, Schwanis. The trick there seems to be enforcement. Now, obviously, with restaurants and bars, the ATC can go and pull licenses, but for just people being out or for businesses closing, not closing, or forcing their employees to come in when maybe before they were having them work from home, which we have heard some anecdotal evidence of this week, um, is enforcement the biggest unanswered question right now as to whether or not this is actually going to work? Well, it's certainly the most difficult part of the equation when you're talking about individuals who are in their homes or perhaps not in their homes, uh, unfortunately. But the governor has made clear, the administration has made clear that one thing that will not happen, at least at this point, is uh, police will not be, state police and others, uh, will not be stopping people asking for their papers, figuratively. Uh, this is not that dra draconian. Uh, and in fact, the governor has made clear that he still wants people to be able to go outside, to enjoy some fresh air, to walk the uh, the dog, and I think he even said walk the cat, uh, which I haven't tried that with a leash yet. But maybe that's something I'll uh, I'll try during this uh, during this crisis. So I think uh, he's trying to be firm and logical and wise in the in the restrictions that he has put in place, but to do it in a way that doesn't seem to be. Um, you know, worried that the police are going to come knocking at your door and you'll be hauled off in the middle of the night and put in some locked hospital ward. So I think it's that fine balance. Now, Nikki, today we got a little more of an update from uh, the governor and the state health commissioner about the latest numbers, some demographic information. But Dr. Chris Spox, the state health commissioner, also um, also told us when she thinks this will sort of peak for Indiana, which could play a role in whether this stay-at-home order goes beyond April 6th and 7th. Yeah, uh, she said that they've done some modeling and she sees a peak around mid to late April. I saw a secondary national group who said the peak should be April 14th. So she thinks we're currently still in kind of the calm before the storm. The vast majority of Indiana counties entered into stage two of Governor Eric Holcomb's roadmap to reopening. Indiana Public Broadcasting's Lauren Chapman reports on the details of Holcomb's back-on-track plan. 
The stay-at-home order was stage one. In stage two, manufacturers, shopping malls, and retail and commercial businesses may operate at 50% of building capacity. One week after that, personal services like hair salons and tattoo parlors may open by appointment only. And restaurants may open for dine-in services at 50% capacity. Stage three in late May expands social gatherings to as many as 100 people, and most businesses open to 75% capacity. Stage four opens tourism, bars, and nightclubs at 50 50% capacity. And stage five opens conventions, festivals, and fairs. Holcomb says the timeline isn't set in stone. We see a lot of variables out there that could make us change course. The state's timeline would lift all restrictions by July 4th. And Delaney, is the timing of this roadmap right? Well, no, it's not. I mean, you had to give Governor Holcomb credit when he when he shut the state down in contrast to a lot of Republican governors who profess not to believe in science or experts or anything else. But but opening it up this soon means he has just given in to the Tea Party and the demonstrations that have occurred. Because the one thing that consistently came out of out of uh, Washington was that we shouldn't open up until we see a two-week steady decline in the number of cases. We're not there yet. Our cases are up and down, and they're growing. The number of deaths are growing. In states around us, which have much fewer fatalities per 100,000 than we do, are still closed. So, no, the timing is not right. And, and they're expecting, uh, based on these projections, and I know everybody has a different model on these, but one model I've seen indicates that we're going to be number four in the country in terms of fatalities because of this. So, no, it's not the right timing. And, and just when he was showing some backbone and some intelligence about listening to the scientists and the experts, he folds. And it's just not the right decision, especially since we're not even testing at the capacity they say we need to be at, which is 6,000 per day. We're still not doing that. And we don't have enough people tracing who is infected. And all of the things telling us now that we have enough ventilators and enough ICU beds. It's like saying, well, you know, we'll just buy more ventilators, so if more people have to be hospitalized or more people die, we'll be prepared. Well, I don't like that first-case scenario. I, I think we ought to be more intelligent about opening it. And I, I think Mayor Hobson, for example, has done the right thing by extending the stay-at-home order. Michael Bryan, and Delaney did point out something, which is that Indiana, of the states that are starting to reopen, which is a lot of states around the country, has one of the highest per capita death rates from COVID-19. Uh, now, state leaders said that that was because Indiana is, generally speaking, more unhealthy than most states in terms of <laughs> obesity, smoking rates, diabetes, uh, 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 diabetes rates, things like that. But today, Governor Holcomb was asked if he was gambling with people's lives and choosing to reopen now. Is he? Well, he also said that if you, Dr. Box reiterated that if you're, you have one of those, if you are in a high-risk category, um, you need to continue to hunker down and, and, and stay put to the, to the extent that you can. This idea that Governor Holcomb folded under political pressure, there's no evidence of that. What the, what the protesters wanted at these press conferences is not a gradual five-phase uh, five phased in plan to reopening that can be that is subject to change if the data and the medical ex experts start seeing things go s seriously in a different direction. They wanted no restrictions. And that is clearly not uh, what is happening here. This is a very deliberate, data driven exercise uh, between now and July 4th. Uh, they're going to continue, as I said, every single day at these press conferences, continue to monitor the data that they're uh, they're seeing. 
uh, the key metric is our hospitalizations down. If we're doing the, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing on testing and contact tracing, the metric of cases being discovered going down won't happen for maybe years. If we if if we're testing thousands and thousands and thousands of people a day, we're going to find thousands and thousands and thousands more cases. Uh, that doesn't mean that those people are at imminent risk of death. It means we need to uh, go into this next phase of gradual reopening, understanding how it's traveling through a community and trying to put limits on that. John Schwannis, no, John Schwannis, I want to ask, ask this, which is the governor has set out these five phases, and he's put specific dates with them. Now, he has been very open about saying, we've heard it in, in the piece from Lauren Chapman, that the dates are flexible, that they will monitor the data, and if we need to uh, push, for instance, phase three a little further out, that we'll do that. If we need to even roll back some of, uh, you know, some, uh, go back to some of the restrictions, we'll do that too. But is he setting himself up for failure by putting hard dates, even if they're not that hard, that people will expect things to be reopening by? I'm sure that the uh, calendar was in some ways determined uh, by Independence Day and the notion that everybody would be free to do what he or she likes at any business that he or she likes or gather in any size party that he or she likes uh, on the 4th of July. I'm guessing that was the first date put on the calendar and then everything else was sort of penciled in uh, moving back from that. This week, Governor Eric Holcomb announced all Hoosiers will have to wear a mask when in public starting Monday. Holcomb cited worrying COVID-19 trends, including an increase in the number of daily tests coming up positive and more people hospitalized for the virus as reasons to impose the mask mandate. We want more Hoosiers to continue this trend of going back safely to work. We don't want to dial it back or put it in reverse, or as some are, shutting down again. Not wearing a mask when required will be a Class B misdemeanor punishable by fines of up to $1,000 and up to six months in jail. However, Holcomb says the focus will be on spreading the message, not citations. The mask police will not be patrolling Hoosier streets. Mask wearing is not required for those with medical conditions that make it difficult to wear one or when exercising, eating, or drinking. Now, before we get to the questions, we need to update this story a little bit because the executive order establishing the mask mandate came out shortly before we started taping today's show. And Governor Holcomb backed off a little. Under state law, the emergency powers that he has given uh, include a Class B misdemeanor when, uh, for violation. Now, he has emphasized, as he did in the package we just showed you, um, that this wasn't about enforcement, this was about education. But the executive order strictly says that the only enforcement of the mask mandate is to be done by state and local health departments via education. So he's even removed the criminal penalty part of this. So Ann Delaney, does this need enforcement? I don't know that it needs enforcement, but I, 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 it needed to be done months ago. It needed to be done on the national level months ago. I don't think we would be having the resurgence that we're having now if the governor had stepped up and, and demanded that people wear masks before this. Instead, he waited until Donald Trump finally saw the light and said the same thing nationally. It's, you know, no, no matter what the politics of this are, and obviously he got some pressure from the right-wing Republicans about enforcement, no matter what the politics of this are, the science of it is that if you wear masks and wash your hands and social distance, you can control this pandemic like they have in Europe. 
We were not doing that, and the consequences are we have tens of thousands of people who have died unnecessarily. That's just inexcusable. So I, I don't care whether it gets enforced. I just want an unequivocal message from the national leaders or whatever they are up there, to the state leaders to say, you need to wear a mask. You need to have, you need to accept responsibility, not just for your own conduct, but for what you do to others, and you need to wear a mask. A few weeks ago, Governor Holcomb, when asked about why he wasn't in, uh, putting uh, in a mask mandate, said, I trust Hoosiers, I trust Hoosiers to do the right thing. Does that look naive in retrospect? No, I don't think so. I mean, look, he's, again, and I've said this before, he's, he, the governor has said, Governor Holcomb has said from the beginning that he is going to adopt policies and react to data and science and what is happening on the ground. And what we clearly see is happening on the ground. He had, he had a delay reopening to go from, instead of going from four to five to go to four and a half. Uh, and we're continuing to see um, the, these cases grow. And so he's, he's reacting to that with what Dan is correcting as in, in a, proven way to, a proven way to do this. On the enforcement side, it's impractical to enforce this in, in a massive way. Um, if you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people that choose not to, which you will, choose not to, uh, not to go along with this. But more than that, uh, more than just saying that you should wear a mask, we, we're trying to change the cultural expectation of your personal responsibility in this. It's so bizarre to me that Republicans have latched onto this. Uh, it's this the political proxy fights we, we fight on, not conser the issues we pick to, to determine what's conservative. It isn't, you know, baffle me. Uh, this is about personal responsibility. It's about protecting your neighbors. And those used to be pretty conservative I ideals. Um, the government telling you to do it or not telling you to do it, the circumstances we're in, you should. And I think we're trying to change the cultural expectation of, of, of how you behave in public. This Holcomb Wednesday says this is not about enforcement. The mask police aren't patrolling the streets. But there is a criminal penalty like there have been with the other executive orders under the pandemic, which is how the emergency powers law works in this state. A bunch of Republicans get really angry. Law enforcement officials say we refuse to enforce this. And he comes out today and he gets rid of the criminal penalty. Does that make him look weak? I don't know if it makes him look weak, but I mean, he, he definitely bowed to the pressure because, you know, his previous orders, for instance, back in March or early April when yeah, we did the stay at home order specifically said that police could enforce the order. This one now specifically says no, that only health departments can through education. So he definitely bowed to some pressure from his GOP colleagues. And mostly I just see confusion from people, which is why do we do a mask mandate if you're not going to enforce it? Well, Governor Holcomb insisted this week there is still no need to reimpose statewide COVID restrictions. The average number of new cases has more than doubled since Holcomb moved Indiana to stage five four weeks ago and withdrew almost all restrictions. At his weekly press briefing on Wednesday, the governor said the state is in a much better place than early in the pandemic. He says hospital systems aren't overwhelmed and the state's PPE supplies are sufficient. We know a lot more about this. We know how to fight back. We know we can control what we can control. And that has to do with distancing. That has to do with masking up. That has to do with good hygiene. Asked multiple times about whether he would reimpose restrictions, Holcomb became defensive. He framed the choice as between staying in stage five or going back to the harshest restrictions imposed during the early days of the pandemic. And the last thing I want to do uh, or need to do is go back to a stay at home. Uh, by the way, when we did, we didn't shut the state down. 
Holcomb faced sharp criticism in Tuesday night's debate for his COVID response. Libertarian Donald Rainwater blamed him for ruining the economy. Democrat Dr. Woody Myers said he should reimpose some restrictions, like capacity limits at bars and restaurants. Nikki Kelly, have we seen this kind of response? It was One of them was in particular to your question. Um, yeah. Have we seen this kind of response he from him before? He was not a fan of my question. Um, no, that's definitely the most defensive I've seen him. Uh, last week we got kind of like this lecture. This week we got, you know, just a straight on, you know, defensive position. And, and you know... I, I can see why he is, because he did for months and months and months say, we're following the data, we're following the data. And now most of that data is, actually all of the data is going the wrong way. And now he, you know, is just like, well, you know, we have hospital beds, which we do, but very few compared to what it was two months ago. I mean, we're almost at the top of hospitalizations we've had the entire time. And, you know, they, they took some actions to work on the long-term care cases, the nursing homes, that could help some of the hospitalizations. But as far as statewide restrictions of any kind, it has become very clear that he is not going there. He, part of the governor's argument is that, uh, like Nikki just said, um, one is that we have hospital beds and also that hospitals are better equipped to treat it than they were early in the pandemic. They know better how to treat it. And we also have way more PPE in the, as a state supply than we did. But when you look at these numbers, 2,800 in a single day yesterday, 2,500 today on Friday, is the average person asking the same questions that these reporters are asking Governor Holcomb? Well, he's, I think, to a certain extent, backed himself into a corner now because there's so much attention on the, his decision-making and his departure, seeming departure from what he had specified as his criteria earlier in the process, that now if he were to reimpose certain restrictions, it would be perhaps portrayed as caving in or, or you know, that he's sensitive to the issue or defensive and that Woody Myers has, has gotten under his skin or is making a good point. The smarter thing to do, perhaps, uh, would have been to follow the data from the outset. It wouldn't have become the big issue, you know, is he just doing this to, in awe of the White House and for fear of angering Mike Pence and, and Donald Trump, or is there something else at play here? He, it's kind of become an unnecessary issue, it seems to me, uh, that if he had just followed the data, uh, you know, he could have always pointed that. That would have given him political cover with, with Washington, it seems to me. And uh, by not doing that when he did, he sort of now has, he's in a tough spot. He, he can't really go back on it now. It, it, seems like, it seemed like he was following the data for a really long time before more recently these numbers have gone the other direction and we've stayed exactly where we are. But, Mike, he, he talks about, well, we're better prepared than we were earlier in the, early in the pandemic. But since he announced that we were going to, to stage five four weeks ago, and I calculated this yesterday and didn't update it today. But the average number of cases that the state reports was up 139%. How can you look at that and all of the other numbers? It's, I'm, not, I'm just picking out one, but all of them are trending in the wrong direction. How can you as the governor look at that and go, we're fine where we are. Well, I think he's doing that because you don't just look at that one set of numbers. You know, I think the, IC, the available ICU bed statewide, I think, was 36% today. I think the um, number of ventilators available was almost 80%. 80%. So, I th so if you think back six months, the goal, the, we were preaching flatten the curve because it wasn't about people not getting sick. It was about everyone not getting sick at once. And, our, and the threshold, as I said before, was are people dying who shouldn't? 
because they, they had access to the care they need, but the system was overloaded and they couldn't get it. That, that's, that was the standard six months ago. Now that's evolved over six months to we've got to wait for a vaccine. We, in, in other parts of the country, certainly, uh, in more liberal parts of the country. I mean, California may never reopen until everybody's vaccinated. You know, so I think the, I think one, he's, he's cert clearly sitting in, in a political, strictly political politics because we're 10 days out from an election. He's sitting between Rainwater, who wants zero, zero restrictions and no mask requirement at all or yeah. suggestion or whatever and Woody Myers who wants to dial it back to um, to stage to stage three and shut down and he's sitting between that um, while there is still capacity in the in the healthcare system that may change if it but we do know more we're doing more contact tracing we have better treatments and things aren't what they were six months ago I want to ask about the political side of this because I hear this a lot from people like on Twitter and people who email me who say oh the governor is you know worried about the election if you're Eric Holcomb, I mean, I'm sure you think or hope that Woody Myers will win. But everything that we look at tells us it's unlikely that that's going to happen. It isn't just about winning the election. It's oh, about And irritating. I'm not suggesting that. But, but why, I mean, is that even a, a calculation in Eric Holcomb's mind? I think mind? the calculation in Eric Holcomb's mind, and, and you saw it on the front page of the Star this morning with Mike Pence up there, but, but ready to embrace each other. No masks. No social distancing. He does not want to irritate his mentor, Mike Pence. And he doesn't want to bring the wrath of Donald Trump down on him in Indiana. That's what this is all about. And he is willing to risk the health of Hoosiers in order to avoid that kind of confrontation with Mike Pence and Donald Trump. Because their, their approach is the same as his now. Just let it go. Let it go. Groups of 250, 300, hey, no problem, no problem. Schools, you don't know what you're supposed to do. You don't know what the standards are. You don't have the resources to make the kids safe. No problem. Handle it at the local level. He has abdicated any thought of leading the state out of this pandemic, and he has done it in fear of Donald Trump and Mike Pence, and that is inexcusable. It's a total lack of leadership. But there's no scenario where Donald Trump starts shooting at Eric okay, Holcomb. Okay, then why doesn't he do what's good for? Because for I don't the think he believes Indiana. it's necessary, and I think, oh. he, I, and, I, and I believe, oh. and I think he's trying to operate. One, and you, we're, we're sitting in downtown Indianapolis. Drive 20 miles in any direction, walk in a restaurant, and tell me how many people are wearing masks. There are parts of the state that do not care and think this is bull. That's why you put a mask mandate in that place. That they won't and you follow. Put, and that you they... put teeth behind it. If 10 people in the state this of Indiana is, you live are in fine Indiana, for not Ann, wearing masks, the attitude will change. We, give the, we, we take joy in giving the government the finger in this state. This yeah. is a conservative ten state people, that you cannot tell what to do get like that. that. Fine, right. The whole attitude changes. That's Indiana Week in Review for this week. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at WFYI.org slash IWIR, or starting Monday, you can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity and on the WFYI app. I'm Brandon Smith of Indiana Public Broadcasting. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend and join us next time because a lot can happen in an Indiana week. Indiana Week in Review is made possible by the supporters of Indiana Public Broadcasting Stations and by Ice Miller. Ice Miller is a full-service law firm committed to helping clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. The opinions expressed are solely those of the panelists. Indiana Week in Review is a WFYI production in association with Indiana Public Broadcasting Stations.